was reading this article, uh, the CBC today, and then yesterday's Amber Alert sparked a bit of backlash against Canada's new mobile emergency alert system. And, you know, we've had the uh, CEO of Palmerix on to talk about Alert Ready in the past uh, two weeks. We've had him on twice. So I thought this time we might take a different approach on this and talk about uh, it from the perspective of the OPP who issued the alert for uh, missing kids when kids go missing. And, and this is what you hear, of course, in the Amber Alert. <laughs> I don't want to play it too much because I don't want you to actually get confused and think you're actually hearing an Amber Alert. I remember it went off yesterday and I heard um, my phone didn't get the alert. Uh, I don't think Dusty's phone got the alert. He's producing the show for Chris Creston this week. I heard one across the way uh, from the, um, I think it's a program director at Q107 in the Edge. Her phone's going off and, and we all just went, whoa, Amber Alert. We knew it was an Amber Alert. But that same sound is going to be used for any kind of emergency alert now. That now that it's going to be pushed to our cell phones, I wonder if that's a bit of a mistake. And the question is, is this going to desensitize us to Amber Alerts? Um, Alert Ready has had significant glitches in the system, and uh, not everybody received the test last week. I didn't. Not everybody received the Amber Alert yesterday. And you have to wonder if the uh, glitches are going to put the effectiveness at risk. And it could take a year before they're allowed to test again legitimately on our cell phones. We're joined now by OPCP uh, Sergeant Jeff Simpkins, uh, who is one of the OPP sergeants that would issue the Amber Alerts. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much. So just a point of clarification, mm-hmm. Staff Sergeant, the program uh, manager of the Amber Alert program with the OPP. So I oversee some of the sergeants that would have the responsibility of actually activating the Amber Alert. Okay, so you're the guy. For you. Yeah, well, I, I don't know about that, but uh, I'm certainly happy to be able to try and clarify some points for you. So. Oh, I'm I'm uh, I'm happy that you had some time for us because you know there's a lot of questions uh, now Absolutely. being raised about the Amber Alerts, but this isn't new. You've re- you've received Amber Alert complaints before now. What do people normally complain about? Um, well, in the past, we typically do receive complaints from people. Uh, um, that have received an Amber Alert, regardless of the fashion that they've received it, and uh, in their perception that it's interrupted their day-to-day life or day-to-day activities. And, and just without being specific, one of the ones in the past was during a time where there was a um, the final episode of a tele- popular television show that was being broadcast when an Amber Alert was scrolled across the television screen. And so we received a written complaint post uh, Amber Alert complaining about the fact that the viewing of their favorite TV show was interrupted. So that's sort of the thing that we get quite often, actually. Sure. And that boggles the mind. Um, This new Alert Ready system, though, it sends warnings and Amber Alerts to cell phones. And I'm just wondering if it'll risk the efficacy of the Amber Alert system. What do you say to people who complain about the uh, frequency of yesterday's Amber Alert issued for the missing boy in Thunder Bay? Um, well, the, the Amber Alert system, the way it currently is used through Palmerex and through NAD, um, is that you, as you have played to your audience, that it's a very distinct sound. So um, as you know, somebody that has a cell phone and somebody that has a television, when I hear it, I instantly assume it's an Amber Alert because they have the responsibility. Um, with respect to desensitizing people, I think when you look at the fact that 
the use of that method or that system will not be that frequent. Typically, uh, my understanding is that it will be utilized for things such as an Amber Alert, but also for natural disasters. So, so is a tornado warning or imminent immediate flood, flood threats that mm-hmm. may occur. Um, I, I, I truly don't think it will happen that frequently. Uh, the possibility of desensitizing uh, people, I think, there are some people that regardless of the method used, they'll be desensitized by the method used. But, uh, you know, from a police officer's perspective, I think it is one of the greatest resources that we could use to get the message out when we're trying to recover a child that's been abducted. The uh, emergency warnings, though, should they have a different sound? I mean, we know the Amber Alert sound. I immediately knew it was an Amber Alert when I heard the sound, you know, coming from somebody else's phone. Mine, quiet as crickets. But, um with regard to, uh, you know, a flood warning or a tornado warning, shouldn't we try a different sound? Yeah, I suppose that may be a possibility. It would be something through consultation with with uh, Palmer X and through consultation with uh, the OPP and the other stakeholders involved. I think it's, it's worthy of uh, looking at it further to suggest that there may be a, a different method or a different audible tone. Even the use of verbiage might be a consideration. And uh, when posed the question yesterday, I said even perhaps, you know, the, the, warning, the warning word saying Amber Alert, Amber Alert, I mm. mean, that might be a consideration as True. well. So um, certainly I think we are open to suggestion as, is, or as all the other stakeholders are as well. People in Toronto, 15 hours away from Thunder Bay driving, heard the alert yesterday and sometimes numerous times in both languages. Um, When you issued the alert, was this like a situation, and I don't know how how, uh, detailed you can get with me, was this situation of a custody battle where the child might have been, you know, gone from the Friday and then, you know, all of a sudden on the Monday, the mother didn't drop the child off as expected? Okay, so I won't speak about the specifics of the case, but I'm certainly, to be clear on the use of an Amber Alert, that is definitely a situation where an Amber Alert would not be considered nor approved. When it comes to normal family uh, situations where you have a one parent that has visitation over a weekend and perhaps they're delayed by an hour or two, uh, it is not a suitable case where we would use an Amber Alert. There are three basic criteria that must be met. Uh, the first basic criteria is that there is belief by the police that there's imminent uh, possibility of personal harm to the child. Um, secondly, that the child has been abducted against their will. And thirdly, that there are sufficient descriptors of either the child, the abductor, or the vehicle or mode of transport involved. So those three basic requirements must be met. But to be very clear, it will not be used in the case of, um, you know, when two parents are perhaps having a um, a disagreement about the visitation and timings associated. Well, one of the reasons why I brought that up is, you know, a lot of people were questioning, you know, Toronto's 15 hours away by car. Why yep. would we be hearing the alert here? So, uh, and, you know, I can speak a little bit about that. When you look at the fact that Thunder Bay and the location where this actually occurred, Thunder Bay has an international airport. And looking at the timing from the time that the police received the initial notification and the investigative time that was expended during uh, the first portion of their contact, between that time and the time that the Amber Alert was activated, conceivably based on the number of flights that normally are scheduled in and out of Thunder Bay, that child and, and the abductor could have been on the plane and then uh, you know, landing safely in Toronto and off to 
any other point. So, uh, yes, I agree. By If you were to set off in a car, it would take probably 15 to 20 hours to drive from Thunder Bay to, to Toronto. But there are other modes of transport that would uh, facilitate that child being taken to a great distance away. So, I mean, that's one response that I would offer for that as well. And it seems like an adequate response, only I'm going to hit here on this point. Why mention the vehicle then? So, uh, I mean, in that particular case, the vehicle is mentioned because it was the child was last seen in that vehicle. And, and as an example, um, and simply, you know, to propose a, a possibility, if the child was taken from that location and then being transported perhaps to the airport, the mm-hmm. first mode of transport um, that would be in contact would be in the vehicle as described in the Amber Alert. So, I mean... You try and capture as many details as possible to um, get as much information out to the public that can assist in the safe return of the child. Yeah, and I I understand what you're saying here because, you know, yeah, you might have suspected maybe they're heading for the airport, but maybe they're driving as well. And this is going, uh, you know, in a wide area. So we have to be, you know, uh, telling people to look out for everything they can. What do you say to the people that that question why we had to wait an hour for that Amber Alert to be cancelled after the boy was found safe and sound? Um, well, I don't know the exact time. What I would say is that it would have been, it would have been, um, and we don't use the term cancel. We, we use the term suspend. The term cancel has some, some, you know, some severe negative connotations. Okay. So we say when, when the, uh, the Amber Alert was suspended or concluded in this particular case, we would use the term concluded. Um, with respect to time, um, you know, I, I don't know all the exact details about the length of time it was taken, but, I mean, we, we would suspend or conclude the Amber Alert as soon as practical or as soon as possible based on the investigative findings and based on the, the method and location that the child was uh, recovered. I really appreciate your time today. Uh, for the record, I think we can all put up with uh, a few uh, inconveniences and some, you know, odd sounds emanating from our cell phone if it means that we are going to have all eyes out looking for uh, a child that might be in harm's way. So I appreciate the work you're doing. And I just wanted you to answer some questions because I know there were a few question marks hanging out there. And I also have heard that, you know, people are upset about the uh, Amber Alerts and then just the whole Alert Ready system being pushed to the mobile phones and some of it's working and some of it's not working working and uh, you know the question mark on if this will actually get in the way of uh, amber alerts and people paying attention to them in the future okay well I appreciate it very much and you know I would just I would like to say that you know we really do uh, value the support that the public gives and in any police investigation in particular when dealing with the abduction of a child so I thank you for the opportunity to be able to clarify some points for you today thank you so much for being here I appreciate your time have a great afternoon you too